You're listening to episode 160 of Mid-America Reformed Seminary's Roundtable Podcast. In this broadcast, the faculty of Mid-America discuss theology and cultural issues from a Reformed perspective. I'm Jared Luchibor, Director of Marketing. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, Reverend Andrew Compton and Reverend Mark Vanderhart will be discussing how Christ is the fulfillment of wisdom, exploring what it means for Christ then to be the wisdom of God, and how this concept is understood throughout Scripture. Welcome back to Roundtable, our podcast at Mid-America Reform Seminary. Once again, I, Andrew Compton, Associate Professor of Old Testament here at the seminary, I'm joined by my colleague, uh, Professor Mark Vanderhart, and uh, we are just wrapping up a, a short couple episode discussion of wisdom. Last time we did a little bit of an intro to Proverbs in some ways, but also a bit more of a general intro to wisdom. And today we uh, are going to move into the New Testament and see that wisdom is not just an Old Testament Israel thing, but in fact it is uh, it is very much a New Testament thing and indeed finds its fulfillment in our Lord Jesus Christ. We read in the Old Testament, in the Psalms, that by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by his spirit, the breath of his mouth, um, all things came into being. And um, this clearly is Trinitarian in, um, in the theology that lies behind it. God is the one who plans. He speaks the word by the word of his by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And then it's the spirit that hovers over creation and gives life to it. Mm. And therefore, if we want to live in this world, we're living in a world that God planned and that God created. And wisdom is lining up our life in accordance with what that, what that world is. Now, um, Christ is therefore very much woven into the realities of this creation. I mean, he made it, and therefore um, he is its ultimate uh, reference point, and actually it's its redeemer. Now, in Proverbs 8, we read that God creates wisdom. Wisdom, in fact, defines everything in creation. Proverbs 8 will personify wisdom, and we have that throughout the Proverbs, that wisdom is this wise lady uh, Dame Wisdom, who invites people to her homes for her banquet. But it's wisdom that creates the world. And this is an interesting connection with the New Testament statements about Jesus Christ and wisdom. Mm. Well, and even um, struck even how the Old Testament, uh, Isaiah 11 in particular, is, is even beginning to shape messianic expectations, royal expectations, uh, through the lens of wisdom. Again, you know, Isaiah 11, verse 1, a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. That language is taken directly from Proverbs. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but, but instead... Uh, rest in the fear of the Lord, um, but with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness the afflicted of the earth. And we could read on and on, but you see already this very uh, prominent messianic oracle is highlighting the ultimate wisdom of uh, of the Christ to come. In the Old Testament wisdom 
is, to go back to Proverbs 8, wisdom is the way to achieve life, or if you fail to follow wisdom, you will end up in death. Mm -hmm. This is an echo, for example, of Deuteronomy. I set before you uh, life and death. Choose life is the appeal of Deuteronomy. A very powerful passage in my mind is Proverbs 8, verses 32 and following. I'm just going to read that and put make a few comments on it. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Now, that reminds us, for example, of Psalm 1. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Mm -hmm. Psalm 1 is a wisdom psalm. How blessed are those who don't associate with the wicked in any way, but they meditate with delight upon the Torah, upon God's laws day and night. That will then instruct them in the way they should go and the way they should avoid. And when Proverbs 8 mentions, you follow me, wisdom, you'll find life. You hate me, you'll find death. Uh, Which is, again, a kind of personal, uh, as well as cosmic, but certainly a personal eschatology. Mm. Your outcome, the outcome of your life, is determined on your relationship to wisdom. You embrace it or you reject it which the New Testament will flesh out with Christ. No pun intended. Wisdom took on flesh. Although we should be clear, too, to our listeners, I alluded last time to Proverbs 8, and um, it was Arius who didn't just simply see wisdom as being personified in Proverbs 8, but actually believed it was articulating a hypostasis of the second person of the Trinity, which suddenly became very problematic where God is creating wisdom in Proverbs 8. And, of course, uh, the church father Athanasius wrote a significant treatise on Proverbs 8 uh, showing that, um, that, no, this is not a description of Christ as created. And I think that's the key is we have this personification of wisdom that does invite us to see how Christ comes as a true hypostatization uh, of wisdom. It, it, it ultimately leads that way. But I think it's also so important, and, and I'm glad you raised the kind of the the um, the heaviness of wisdom versus folly in that discussion, because I think for many people today, we uh, even in the church, we just think, oh, wisdom's kind of the it's kind of like the um, the the whipped cream on the on the pie. You know, it, it's nice. You know, yeah, I'd love some wisdom, but you know, not overly. Uh, just if I get it, great. If I don't, that's all right. Well, no, wisdom kind of is the uh, it's sort of the 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 um, the meat and potatoes. It's get wisdom and live. Don't get wisdom and die. And indeed, the fact that wisdom comes personified as a prophet shows you will die eternally. You will die under the covenant curse of God by failing to embrace and embody His wisdom perfectly. Wisdom is not simply learning. You know, these proverbs, these sayings, 
and, you know, scoring a 98% on the final test, (laughs) they're meant to shape you, to form you. And the first lesson of wisdom is humility. You're not to be wise in your own eyes, but uh, and proud. Forget that. You're a student. You are always a student of God's word, which means you're always a student in the school of Christ. You know, it says in Luke 2 that regarding Christ, that the child grew Mm. and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Mm. Now, some people may raise a theological question at this point and say, wait a minute, if Jesus was God in human flesh, how could he grow in wisdom? Well, I think the answer is that Jesus is also described in Luke 3 as the Son of God. Uh, Son of Adam, but the Son of God. Adam was the Son of God. And therefore, he needed, like an Old Testament son, to grow in knowledge and wisdom as a son of the covenant. So, humanly speaking, he grows as a son of the covenant. Mm -hmm. But not as the fool. The fool can't be taught. Jesus is the best student, the true student, who will absorb God's Torah, who will absorb the wisdom of God's Word and embrace it fully. And so, as the last Adam, Jesus had to grow as a son of the covenant. He was the faithful Israelite who sat at the feet of the sages. He he uh, he stunned even the wise men in Israel with his own wisdom. As Luke and those opening chapters of Luke are pretty powerful in that way. You, you cited uh, the earlier verse, and even later, you know, he verse fifty two. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and man. It's interesting how wisdom even not only enables us to relate rightly to God's world, but but to others around us. You know, you see all these these components of wisdom coming together, which here too is so important because even in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5.15 says, Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Again, wisdom is is not just a, it's not just the icing or not just the, uh, the, the whipped cream. Wisdom is that that command, even in the New Testament, it dominates the book of James in that quest for wisdom, which is why our wisdom can never secure our acceptance before God. We need one whose wisdom did do that very thing. And that is what we find in Christ who grew in wisdom and who was greater than Solomon, you know, Matthew Matthew 12, right? Something greater than Solomon is here, even than the, uh, the, the queen of the south, right? The uh, proof, I think, of Christ as true wisdom incarnate is in his own sermons. Yeah. He could, on the one hand, make reference to any element of God's Torah, any elements of God's law, but also relate it clearly to the creation around him. Yeah. Consider the lilies. Mm-hmm. Uh, or see how God takes care of sparrows and ravens and, and so forth. And so he could illustrate um, his theological points, if you will, or his sermonic points with things in creation. Christ uh, fully embraced God's, God's law. He knew it. He loved it. He studied it. He, had, he embraced it. But he also walked with his two legs on Palestinian soil. He, know, he, he knew what life was about. It's interesting that you bring up... Um how Jesus even invokes uh, the same kinds of wisdom 
themes in terms of creation, uh, the Hebrew word for uh, for proverb is mashal. Uh, the book of Proverbs is the Mishlei Shlomo, the, the Proverbs of Solomon. What's uh, interesting is that the way the Greek translation of the Old Testament dealt with that word mashal is with the word parabole. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus' parables really also fit a wisdom genre. Here, here even in his manner of speaking, He's he's invoking uh, the the wisdom tradition again, showing himself to be that perfect embodiment of the wise man. This is why when Paul says, you know, Jews look for signs, a true prophet will have a sign. Mm-hmm. Greeks though they look for Sophia, they look for wisdom. Well, guess what? Jesus Christ is the power of God. He is the wisdom of God. Yeah, and our salvation and our redemption, even it's it, a pretty profound in 1 Corinthians 1 and 1 Corinthians 3, how he is the uh, he is wisdom from God. Uh, what does Paul say in Colossians too? is isn't it? Uh, in Christ are found all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really excites the book then as we, I, I, I find even what we talked about in our last episode, when we think about how creational this wisdom is, how holistic this is for our lives lived in thanksgiving before God in this world that though it is groaning under the curse is still being preserved and still reveals God's glory in magnificent ways. Um, That's exciting. But how much more exciting as we read Proverbs to see it all driving toward toward our, our Lord and Savior. The first lesson in Proverbs is humility. And when we come to Christ, we have to humble ourselves and recognize our own ignorance recognize our own sinfulness, our blindness, and begin to learn from Christ. Um, another connection I just wanted to point out is uh, Colossians 1.17. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And Paul is not saying, well, all things in the church hold together. They do. All things <laughs> In yeah. other words, the creation is held together in Christ, mm-hmm. and therefore to follow Christ is to not only have one's soul saved, but it's to live in a whole way uh, with, with Christ as our wisdom, Christ as our teacher, our instructor, our savior from sin. He's everything. That's why Paul could say in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, and because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Yeah, yeah and even even in that 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 forward look, that tell us of all things, that eschatological goal. I love how I love how Revelation frames this in some of these these words of of praise. Revelation five twelve. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And Revelation 7.12, amen. Blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Well, we're rounding out the end of the year of 2022. That leaves... 
two more podcasts for the month of December before we plunge into 2023 together. Dr. J. Mark Beach will join us behind the microphone to give us a primer on a couple of attributes of God, namely his immutability and impassibility. Does God change? Does he experience pain or pleasure from the actions of others? Dr. Beach will answer these questions and more when we return next time. For more podcast episodes, you can find us on our website at midamerica.edu slash podcast and wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Be sure to search for and subscribe to Mid-America Reformed Seminaries Roundtable. I'm Jared Luchibor. Till next time.